You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, whatever the case may be, depending on where you happen to be, at least here in Los Angeles, a glorious Sunday morning. Sun's out, uh, it's actually warm. We've had some, uh, we've had a lot of rain, that means a lot of snow in the mountains. As a matter of fact, a favorite spot of mine, Mammoth Mountain, California, actually is boasting more snow than anywhere in North America, a 25-foot base. Much of that powder for any of you skiers or snowboarders out there, that's really nice. And in fact, in fact, they just set a record for the month of January, so far and still growing, 249 inches of snow that in 2010, which was 117 inches, so by over 30 inches. It's amazing. Anyway, you're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show. Ask the vets with Dr. Jeff. Dr. Jeff, who's been pretty busy lately. We'll go through that in a minute. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you about anything. Today, we're going to talk about something that I did talk about uh, a couple of weeks ago on Good Morning America, and that is, you got a new puppy. Now what? One thing to choose the right pet for you, another one to get stuck with. Okay, now what are we supposed to do? And uh, so you want to give us a call live, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can also join us here live. If you just go on to Pet Life Radio, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you will have a link, and that link is to our Google Hangouts. And you can join us live on Google Hangouts. Click on the link. We'll see you. We'll see your pet, whatever you want us to see, of course. And um, we can talk anything you want about pets. And uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here for you. Brevecto, my new most favorite flea and tick control, one chewable, good for 12 weeks. Catch that. And once again, one chewable good for 12 weeks. It's safe. It's effective. My good friend, Dr. Mike Dryden from Kansas State University, we call him Dr. Flea, gave his Brevecto a two thumbs up, which is great. And also more than a cone, basically uh, uh, educating us through through um, animal welfare through the arts. And um, it's a great, great annual events they have every year, basically promoting welfare. And they do it through the arts, through their more than a cone events. Also, Save This Life microchip, and it is uh, phenomenal. We are, uh, I am very busy with the founder and CEO of Save This Life, working on some new projects, but we were going to have him here to help us kind of learn more about microchipping as well. So one of the things that I've been uh, pretty busy lately, uh, this time of year is very busy for veterinarians. I, as a spokesperson for some of these companies, I had the good fortune of being in New York for four consecutive days on Good Morning America. Maybe some of you had a chance to catch us talking about, oh, many different things for your pets, exercise and nutrition and um, the right pet for you, debunking pet myths, things like that. And um, also, I was, um, I'll was i be working with Apoquil, which is a drug that's been out for a couple of years. But finally, finally, the supply justifies talking about it in the media. It's a phenomenal anti-allergy drug. I love it. And um, I'll have the opportunity to good fortune to talk with them. And this year, I'll also be working with the IMS company and also Neutro, talking about some IMS oral cat care and um, a great Neutro food, a complete redevelopment. So that's uh, that's really cool. 
So one of the things that we, we had sort of touched over when I was doing the GMA segments, and that is, so the right pet for you. And then we kind of talked a little bit about the essences of behavior when it comes to pets. And this is something that many of you know, hopefully many of you do. But for those of you who possibly had the good fortune to introduce a new puppy or kitten into the house over the holidays or an adopted dog or cat, the rules apply. And that is, how do we create that perfect environment for us and for our pets, that bond, that relationship that we're all looking for? And those of us that have multiple pets, as we know, I have maybe too many multiple, but um, it's, nonetheless, it's, it's a blast in this household. So, you know, the, the keys are that understanding the nature of dogs. There are so many things that we have learned over the years that sort of have blown away a lot of the myths and a lot of the techniques that we used to use years ago. And once we better understand the natural, normal behaviors, then we can tolerate some of the misbehaviors a little bit more because then we start realizing that, wait a second, that's really not a misbehavior. It's a normal behavior. The miss part is that it's being directed at the wrong item. It's being directed at the wrong location. But the behavior itself is totally normal and natural and essential. So now when we think back about how we used to reprimand our pets for doing that, which was not abnormal, it wasn't abnormal. It was just that it was misdirected. And we said, oh my God, were we messing our pets up or what? No wonder why my dog hates me. No wonder why he's not listening. Because you can't teach an animal to not do that which is naturally essential and appropriate. So now you're scratching your head saying, what the heck is Werber talking about? So we're going to talk about him. So think about that new, let's start with puppy. And you get this new dog or just a young dog, even a rescue. And um, of course, he's misbehaving. How is he misbehaving? Well, if I were to ask a pet parent, of the two most common problems, most common mistakes, or at least as we see them as mistakes, that puppies or puppies make, right? You're going to think it is chewing and bathroom. So when you think back, and if I tell you, let's go to bathroom first, elimination, that's a natural, essential, physiological must. So when that puppy voids on the floor, the carpet, in the house, in the old-fashioned way. I remember when I was a kid. Out comes a rolled-up newspaper, swat him on a little snout, not hurt him, but skim a swat, and you use your, in your deepest tone possible. No! Well, wait a second. Wait just a second here. How do you possibly teach a dog not to do that, which is physically, physiologically essential, necessary, and appropriate? Think about what you're doing. This dog did something natural, and he wasn't wearing a diaper, course. So, because we don't usually put puppies in diapers and uh, didn't have the wee-wee pads that we didn't know what we were doing. And we expected him to be good and hold it in, of course. And he voids on the carpet. So what do we do? We take him over to it and we reprimand him as a big fat no. And then you are wanting to do it right. So what you do is you take him out often and you're trying to get him to go outside. And all of a sudden you're saying, come on, buddy, let's go. Let's go. Time, time. Let's go. Let's go. And he's looking up at you. He goes, what are you nuts? I'm not going in front of you. You just you yelled at me a half hour ago. <laughs> Why should I go in front of you? So we have to realize that clearly reprimanding him is not the answer. Same thing with chewing. Chewing, I will tell you, is a normal, natural, essential behavior. So there's no way that you can yell at a dog 
for doing that, which is normal, natural, and essential. It's essential for their oral development. Believe it or not, chewing is essential for their mental development. So when you think about how dumb am I to yell at a dog for doing that, which is so essential for their development, and yet I did it because they were chewing on the chair leg or they were chewing on my slippers that I left out like an idiot or worse yet, my Gucci loafers or your wife's Louboutins. I mean, really? Really? You're not going to puppy-proof a house like you would a child-proofing or putting those baby locks and on all the cabinets? So you can't reprimand a pet for doing that, which is normal, natural, and essential. In fact, if I were to make a comment, a broad statement, and obviously those are all dangerous to do, I would say the most overused word accidentally in error in puppydom is the word no. Because I'll bet you that most of the times you want to say no if you think for a second, you're going to find it. Wait a second. I'm, I'm using no for a normal, natural, essential behavior, whether it's developmental, whether it's physiologic, right? Whether it's for his sanity as much as possibly your sanity. But we can't say no. No means no. No means the behavior. That which you're about to do is unacceptable, is never allowed. It's a bad behavior. All right? You want to use the word no? Teach a dog when he wants to take a step off the curb, right, without looking or without sitting first. That's a no. That's never appropriate. But things that are normal and naturally essential, those you cannot use the word no. So now you know the two probably most common things in a dog. Cats are a little bit easier. And when we come out of the break, we're going to talk about the solutions. I just told you what you shouldn't be doing. Now we're going to go into after the break what you should be doing. Cats are a little bit easier with cats. You know, they scratching, totally natural, normally essential. So you can't, you can't tell them no. I mean, there's some things you can do, which we'll talk about in the next uh, half of the show. And uh, elimination, well, that's pretty easy because cats really love to use their boxes. And if you're going to have an indoor cat, the only rule of thumb I would give you is, and uh, we'll talk more about this coming out of the break, but the only rule of thumb I'm going to give you is that, and get this because this is the, the reality, the number of litter boxes that you should have in a house are one plus the number of cats you have in the house, which means four cats, five boxes, three cats, four boxes, one cat, two boxes. So it's always one more than the number of cats you have in the house. And of course, if you have split level homes, like with a basement and where cats have access to all of the levels, there needs to be at least, at least one box on every level and preferably more boxes and at the level that he or she spends most of her time with. Anyway, don't go away. We're going to talk about solutions. How do we get our dogs to go outside? How do we get our dogs to go where we want them to? How do we get them to chew on that which we want them to? And what do we do about that cat scratch problem? Anyway, don't go away. We'll come right back after these short words. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. 
beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back to Real Live with Dr. Jeff Werber on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Please join us, 877-385-8882. If you have that question, that difficult puppy or kitten, cat or dog that's just driving you nuts with a behavior issue, come give me a holler, 877-385-8882, or join us live. You can join us here on Google Hangouts. You go on to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, And scroll down and you'll see a Google Hangouts link. Go ahead and click on it and join us. We can join you live and we can talk about your your cute little monster. So going into the break, we talked about the normal, natural, essential behaviors that we can't. We can't stop. We don't want to stop the behavior. So you can't use the word no. Take it out of your dictionary, your repertoire. It's not a thing you should be yelling at most puppies or kittens because most of these animals are doing that, which is normal. So what do we do? Let's take bathroom first. One natural rule law that we notice is that dogs are denning animals and they don't like to soil their den. So one of the advantages you have is you can confine them to a relatively small space. I mean, it can't be tiny, teeny, but it's something that that you can maybe put wee-wee pads down and that's just for your ease of cleanup. Don't necessarily want to train your dog to use a wee-wee pad per se, but there there are exceptions we can talk about. But it's just so it's easy for you to clean up. Maybe you can put a couple of toys in there. Make it like home. Maybe their bed because they don't want to, when, that's, when they feel that is their home, they don't want to soil it. But if you're going to do this, we call it crating or denning, which is a well-accepted, one of my favorite techniques. You must be prepared to get them out at the beginning every two hours or so. Because even though physiologically, just as a basic rule of thumb, a dog or puppy should be able to hold it in physiologically two hours more than their age in months. So, for example, the two-month-old puppy should be able to go four hours, the three-month-old puppy, five hours, and a six-month-old puppy, eight hours. So, not until they're six months can you expect them to go eight hours, physiologically expect them. But even though they can do it, the question is, do they know they're supposed to do it? And as we know with children, they go whenever they feel the urge. They don't even try to hold it in. They just go, it's good the urge is there, I'm going to go. So, you want to start with like every two hours. And when you take them outside, well, let's go backwards a step. When they're in that crate in the home and you're there too, clearly they'd rather be with you. So that use that to your advantage. And that is take them outside. If they do something major, it's holiday time. It's hugs, it's kisses, it's a little food treat if you want. Anything to let them know, oh my God, puppy, you are the best. And then bring them back inside. And instead of putting them back in their crate, let them chill with you for a while. So they're going to start learning that their ticket out of the crate is, and to be with you, is every time they take care of business outside where you want them to, because they're getting all this positive reward. 
And when you take them outside, by the way, it's not playtime. This is business. If they don't do anything, you're not mad. Never be angry. You just go back inside calmly, put them back in their crate, and give them another 15 or 20 minutes and try it again. They will get the hang of it that they're, every time they do business outside, they get hugs, kisses, praise, a little food treat maybe, and then you can bring them right back inside and chill with you. And that's the association that the dog will make. The positive reward association is, oh my God, I squat to go to the bathroom and I get to come back inside and be with mom or dad. So the crate is not a means of punishment. With chewing, likewise, you want to make sure by just by looking around the room, the house, wherever they're going to be, that there is nothing out and available and accessible that you don't want them to chew on. And also be somewhat careful with what types of toys you buy. Like I, I, I've said this, said this before, but I see these little rawhide shoes that look like a little moccasin or slipper. How dumb is that? How do you really think that that pet of yours is going to know the difference between that little whitish rawhide looking slipper and your real slippers or loafers? So don't get anything that even resembles that which you don't want them to chew on, but get them their own toys, toys preferably that you could stuff with treats that they can actually self-reward it. Every time they chew on it they or they turn it or whatever treat falls out, you will keep them busy for hours. And when you see them, you walk into a room and you see them or in their crate and they're chewing on their own toy, stop, give them a hug, give them a kiss, tell them how good they are, give them a little treat. It's very important to positively reward the good behavior and to ignore the bad behavior. Because remember, it's really not bad. It's bad for us, but the behavior is not bad. And that's how these puppies are going to learn. They know that this is my toy, this is what I can play. Now, one other trick. There are a couple of different toys out there. We've talked about this when it comes to separation anxiety. We don't want to create a dog that becomes where separation anxiety becomes an issue. So the way that we avoid that is there are two types of toys generally that dogs play with. There is the toy that they play with on their own. And then there's also the interactive toy, whether it's a ball, whether it's a, a rope that you play tug or war with, where they know that when they see that toy, you are involved. What you want to do is limit those types of toys. And when you are going to leave them alone, lift up those toys and put them away. Do not let them see the interactive toys. Why? Because they'll be playing with their own thing, happy as can be. And all of a sudden, they're going to take a look at that tug of war rope. And they go, oh, my God, where's mom? And then you're going to start this whole problem with the separation anxiety because they're going to be anxious. They're going to be worried. They don't see you. They see the rope. It reminds them of you. And yet you're not there. So it's a good idea now to start sort of keeping that distinction between the interactive toy and the solo toy, the, the, the things, the games that they can play with on their own. Now, now that you're a master, you don't get mad anymore. One quick caveat about the wee-wee pads. Many people live in high rises and they get these small dogs for that reason. And they don't want to take those dogs down the elevator, 30 flights, outside in the cold if you live back east, whatever the case may be. Or along here in LA, we have what we call the Wilshire Corridor, these huge, beautiful, tall condos and apartment buildings. So people want to train their dogs to go on wee pads. So when you have such a dog, that little Yorkie, that little Maltese, that little Palm, a little Chihuahua, whatever the case may be, hopefully not a Great Dane, then you can imagine why. Then you want to praise them when they go on that wee pad. And maybe you want to put the wee pad maybe out on a balcony or in an area in the laundry room where it's kind of out of the way, but they know that that is my place where I'm getting praised to go to the bathroom and therefore I will keep doing it. And then for you, ease of cleanup, you roll it up and you throw it away. So 
If your ultimate goal is for them to use a wee-wee pad in the house, then you praise them when they're in the house. But if your ultimate goal is not, it's just there for your convenience, for your quote-unquote diaper to make it easier to clean up and throw away, do not praise them at all. Don't bring any attention, positive or negative, just when they're not well-looking, wrap it up and throw it away. Cats. So cats, the best thing to do with a cat, especially a new cat in a new environment, is give them, especially if there, if there are other cats in the household, this is important. You want to give them their what we call safe room. And in that room is going to be their litter box, food and water, a scratch post, and whatever toys that will keep them occupied. Remember, cats love to chase things. So any, any kind of toy that's kind of moving all the time, perpetual motion, those are things that cats love to play with. They love to chase. They're hunters. Naturally, they're hunters. So that's why they love that moving target, that little mouse that you wind up, that little feather on the string, the laser light on the wall. They love to chase moving objects. That is their innate, that's their behavior. So kind of play along with that for your own advantage. What you can do is you can take the paws and rub it on the scratch post, put it inside the litter, let them get the feel for it. Not only that, there's scent glands in their pads. So they'll draw them back to that where you want them to go. You can also cheat. Some cats love catnip. If you have one such cat or kitten, spray a little catnip or put a little catnip on the scratch post. The goal is you want them to use that which is appropriate for you. You get them good scratch post, uh, preferably vertical lines, though some of them do well the horizontal too. You just got to play with these. They, cats like to be up high, so maybe get a tall one where they can perch up on top and, and look at the world from below. And another thing, cats are more social than you think. I hear so many times, no, I got that scratch post and he's just not using it. He hates it. I said, well, where do you put it? Oh, we got a guest room down in the basement. Well, duh, duh. The cat wants to be where you are. You want to take that cat post, that scratch post. You want to put it smack in the middle of the den or the living room, wherever you're sitting and watching TV, you're doing what you're doing. Almost that you have to look around it. Put it a little bit off so it's not exactly in the center of the TV, but that's where it needs to be. And then once they're using it, because cats want to be where you are, then you can move it a couple of inches each day. So it may be ultimately against the wall in that room. But you can't say do litter boxes. Cats don't want to be sometimes in a dark closet. That's one of their most vulnerable positions when they're in the middle of eliminating. So to put it where they can't see what's going on around them, the hunter is going to feel like the hunted and they're worried about the predator and they're not going in there. So that's why I'm not a big fan of these covered boxes. Sometimes cats just don't want to use them. They want to use a box where they are secure, where they can see around, where they can look up, see what's going on in the environment. That's what's going to help them use a litter box. So anyway, other tricks for cats, of course, you can trim their nails short, very easy to do. Just have your veterinarian or a groomer show you how once or twice. You'll get the hang of it. And lastly, some sort of nail caps work very well. And like soft paws, they're terrific. They, you can glue them on. They last anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on how fast your cat's nails grow. But they are also very effective in keeping the cats away. And one thing you can also do is you can booby trap the furniture, the couch. Cats don't like to stick to that which they are trying to use their nails to sharpen. So get some really good heavy-duty tape. You can get carpet runner, that stuff that the carpet cleaning companies put on your carpet. So you walk on that instead of the carpet for a day or two. And it comes in these big sort of plastic or rubberish sheets with little burrs. So what you do is you cut them to size, put them on the couch or drape them over the back of the couch where the cat is scratching. But instead of putting the burrs down so they get into the carpet and don't slip, put the burrs facing upward. Trust me, your cats will not scratch because they hate it. So 
There's some you know easy ways to booby trap. The double-sided tape works. Pine cones are something that, that's just in their way. You want to make it uncomfortable, inconvenient for them to want to scratch, and uh, that's what's going to work. Anyway, if you have any questions about this, I love this topic. Training puppy, I, I want to make that relationship that you guys have with your new pets so positive that I want to solve problems and help you solve problems. So all you need to do is give me a call. You can send an email to me at drjeff, Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Just send anything to Pet Life Radio. Mark Winter, our producer, will forward it to me. And uh, we can also maybe talk about another topic. If you want to hear about something specific, uh, let me know, and we'll talk about it here on the show. I want to thanks once again to Brevecto, Save This Life Microchip, More Than a Cone, and, of course, Pet Life Radio. And um, you will, uh, listening to me, be here to see me next week. Same time, same channel, 9 a.m. out in the West, noon out in the East, and anywhere in between. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.